Next Zen Tire USA, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nexen Rodian MTX at NexenTireUSA.com. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wimby. There will be body damage. Jock. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Jock. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Oh, yeah. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. I'm so glad that we all didn't die over the weekend. Uh, I, uh, you know, I had it on good authority that uh, things were going to change, uh, whether it was going to be dead people everywhere or maybe just no power from an EMP attack. Uh, maybe it's delayed. Maybe it's still going to happen. I know. More cheery uh, news from uh, the Jeep Talk Show here in a minute. So let me ask you something. Are you new to the roundtable? The roundtable is a Zoom meeting with listeners like you. We're here to discuss various topic, topics. Sometimes we have a guest question and answer session, and you never know who you're going to meet in the Zoom meeting or which guest we're going to have on the show. To join the Zoom meeting, sign up for a newsletter. You'll get a weekly reminder and how to join us on the Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time recording. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact and scroll on down through there and you'll see uh, how to sign up for the newsletter. All right. Well, let's see. Do I have a drum roll on here? I don't think I do. How about a rim shot? Yeah, doesn't work. But anyway... For the first time ever, we're going to do a giveaway on the Roundtable episode. Uh, It's a big one, folks. We've done it before, but this one is extra special. If you uh, sign up to the uh, Jeep Talk Show newsletter, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, let's just uh, move along here and get this thing out there so you can uh, win this really, really quickly. Nexen Tire launches the all-new Rodian ATX all-terrain tire, pushing all-terrain performance to a new level. Nexon's new all-terrain tire features top peer presentation and construction using the latest materials advancements designed specifically for wet or dry grip. Rodian MTX makes uh, use of next-generation tread technology specifically designed to promote better grip during the wear process. The new tire achieves this thanks to sidewall lugs and deep grooves for improved handling and composure on on and off-road. Compared to the company's earlier all-terrain offerings, Rodian ATX boasts increased performance in four of the most important categories to consumers. Durability, wet traction, snow traction, and mileage. That's interesting because I've never heard uh, Nexon talk about mileage before. Rodian ATX uh, also features a reinforced three-ply sidewall construction that uh, on most LT sizes, enabling an industry-best all-terrain tire design for longer life and increased durability under heavy loads and higher pressures. Moreover, increased sidewall rigidity also enhances the vehicle stability while cornering and under load and under heavy towing scenarios. Specifications on the all-new Rodian ATX all-terrain tire include reinforced three-ply construction on most LT sizes, uh, emerging 3D snipes increasing the tread to road contact for improved traction in snow, mud, and wet conditions. And uh, boy, this one's interesting. 3PM SF certified severe winter certification to withstand heavy snow, ice, and tough terrain. Available in 63 sizes. Sizes range range from a 15-inch to a uh, 22-inch tire. Speed rating STNH available. Top-tier tread warranty. So going along with the 63 sizes that are available on ITX, you're going to need to be caller number 63. And you're going to have a choice of the Nexon Rodian ATX new all-terrain tire. Or the featured favorite, Rodian MTX Extreme Mud Terrain. So this doesn't, don't, don't think you're not going to be able to get the mud terrain if that's what you were wanting. But you're going to be able to pick one or the other if you are the giveaway winner. So caller number 63, the phrase that pays, ATX is the way to go. You must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, Jeeper. All right, so we now join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress. Please keep in mind that what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show, but it probably does. All right, Zoom people, don't forget to, uh, when you uh, first speak, please uh, give me your name and uh, your general location. 
Um, so what do you guys think about the, the this announcement with the Nexon all-terrain tire, the ATX? Uh, you misspoke when you announced the caller number and the, yeah, phrase. the phrase. You're going to have to repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of cut out. People, that. people are thinking, hey, what? The, this isn't fair. The Zoom people, they get... They get to know this before I do. No, they didn't. I <laughs> got it in the show notes here. I muted the audio. See, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> we all had our phones ready. <laughs> Steve was trying to read your lips. We still noticed you buried your face behind there. Oh, I kind of do that by, by just by default. I, I, I like to get right in front of the microphone and speak. It's not very good for video. So let me ask you guys. Are you, do any of you guys run ATXs on your Jeeps? Yes. I should say all terrains, not ATXs, but all terrains. Uh, Steve from Chicago. I've I've been using all terrain KOs since my '93 Ranger, and I've just I've loved them. I've never had a problem with them. They do the greatest for all the round daily driver type stuff. So mm-hmm. They do me good in the mud. You know, I I'm thought happy. I thought the the mud terrain or maximum traction tires were really only good for mud, and then I was uh, watching a YouTube video and I saw that it it's very good for climbing up on stuff, especially uh, those shelves like there are at uh, Hidden Falls. Well, yeah, if you got the right line and you got the right air pressure, it's there's certain amounts of tire, certain amounts of driver. So I have uh, AT or I guess ATs on my who is this? W- WJ Chris, hang on. Let me, let me introduce <laughs> <laughs> this is Chris from Tulsa, uh, and I run a, a AT street tires. Basically, they're Bridgestone uh, dual dualery dual, dual. I don't know. Anyway, I run those on my WJ, and I've been through Arkansas's three badge trails on them. And unless it was a sloppy, nasty mess, I made it up just fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've only got a two-inch boost lift on it too, so. Yeah, you can't even tell. Yeah, I know. I was looking at some of those pictures uh, that you posted, and it was like uh, he's doing a lot, lot out there with that stock uh, uh, WJ, WJ, right? Yeah, it's a WJ. Yeah. So uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, we always talk about how they're uh, very capable uh, right off the showroom floor. Yeah, they're very capable, and I get a lot of, uh, hey, does that thing have lockers in it, or? <laughs> um, what was another question I got one time? Was like, Doesn't I'm very. Does it have valves in it? Does what? Does it have valves in it? <laughs> <laughs> it has valves in it, but it doesn't have a valve. Oh, seat. too soon. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, what what size engine is that, Chris? It's the 4.7. Yeah. So the 4.7 dropped a valve seat. Uh, what was it this past weekend? Uh, yeah, Saturday. Saturday evening. Yeah. Well, you were out uh, off road with it too, right? No, I was uh, I was ro- roaming the parking lot. Oh God! So heavy duty <laughs> wheeling, yeah. <laughs> Some heavy duty wheeling. It went just fine, but you go to start it up in the parking lot and kapoosh. Wow, not fun. It's too much load for that engine. All yeah, right. Well, we have a few questions here. Hopefully, uh, all you guys are newsletter subscribers, so you got to see uh, what these uh, these questions were uh, were ahead of the curve. Uh, so let me ask you, and this is one of those another one of those self serving questions, and, and it's even doubly so because uh, the the podcast uh, app that I've been using no longer allows me to add new podcasts to it. So I have to find me a new podcast app to use to listen to all the podcasts that I listen to, including the Jeep Talk Show. So my question is, how do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? With my ears. Um, John Central Texas. I, I use Google Podcasts is what I've always used. It's worked well with Android Auto and everything else that I have. Because I have an Android phone, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if I had an Apple, I'd probably use Apple Podcasts. But, you know, Google Podcasts integrates great with, with all the what I use so yeah I can second that Steve from Chicago it's always been Google for me yeah. Jim from Dallas I use the same thing this Bob good. from Colorado I use uh for the cheap talk show I use the app and then everything else I listen to is Google do you find it an advantage an advantage with the app Bob is it just to get to the the show uh quickly or uh, I mean, I'm glad you use the app, but it's it seems strange that you would use that for the Jeep Talk Show, but uh, Google Podcasts or anything else. I started listening to it on there and just stuck with it. Well, that makes sense. Don't break what fix what's already working. This is Lou, Lou and Lenny from Ohio. 
I uh, I listen on iHeartRadio, but when you post in the Discord channel that that the uh, the new episode is out, iHeartRadio takes a couple hours to post that episode. So I'll just go to uh, the app if I want to listen to it right away. Very this good, Tony from Michigan. I uh, I usually listen to the show through Spotify actually but if i need to download it for any reasons i'm going deep into the forest during the trails i usually use the the app to download it i find that a lot easier to download Mm -hmm. all just right there Mm -hmm. yeah and that's a good point um that's kind of the way i like it you never know when you're going to be without cell service and uh, not and not being able to stream the audio um, and we used to uh, mention that occasionally about, you know, become a subscriber uh, to the show. And that way you can have it no matter where you are, uh, as long as you had access uh, to the Internet some way, somehow, uh, when it went to download. The, uh, the, the app I was using before uh, was uh, Beyond Pod. I guess I still have it. I just uh, well, I couldn't add a new show to it. So I was looking around for something else. And uh, Beyond Pod, you could actually set that so that it would automatically download uh, the latest three episodes, I believe. So uh, I, I had quite a bit of content there at my fingertips. So if anything happened to my cell service or didn't pay the bill or something, I still had something to do. This is Matt in Indiana. I'm using one called uh, Overcast. I've used it for several years on the iPhone and, and had really good luck with it. But uh, here lately, I've, I've also been downloading it on um, the Apple um, podcast app and giving that a try again after several years. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so I was going to ask a follow-up question on this was what podcast player do you have? But you guys have already thrown that in there. And uh, to to maintain that self-serving thing I was talking about, uh, that's the one I started using was the Google uh, podcast player. Uh, And I'm having problems with it in as much as the the, the app I was using before Beyond Pod, it would automatically create a queue. So all I had to do is go get in the the Jeep, press play, and it would automatically... you know, pick up the, the new episodes of things, all the ones I was subscribed to, wasn't any thought process that I had to do in that. So I haven't found out how to do that on the, the Google uh, app yet. Do, do you guys have to pick everything you listen to using the Google app? Uh, no, mine automatically picks up the latest and just queues it up and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, that pisses me off. And downloads it. Yeah, and downloads it. Yeah. So I subscribe to the to you know the various podcasts, and I it, I saw a thing on there where you can add it to the queue, but I don't want to add it to the queue. I mean, each episode to the queue. I want it to automatically build the queue and play it. So you guys don't do anything special other than subscribe. Yep, just subscribe, and it just grabs the next one up and starts playing. Like it'll go from like I have Jeep to, to this podcast, and then I'll go from there to. Uh, um, I think Black Rifle Coffee is another one I, I subscribe to or whatever. It'll just start playing that one, or mm-hmm. uh, it'll also start playing uh, with the Trail Chasers. So if they have a new one up, um, but it, it it really goes for the the next one that's that's available uh, out of my subscribe list. Well, I'm just doing something wrong then. I mean, uh, uh, it seems like the only time I think about it is when I'm driving to or from uh, the office. So that's a bad time to try to figure out a, a new app. <laughs> All right, here's another one. This one should start a fight. Uh, I bet you this will uh, this will start start a fight with Bob because Bob likes overlanding. So tell me, what do you think about overlanding, and is it even considered off roading? Absolutely, you mean camping. I think it's it's off roading. I mean, you know, if you're going off road, it's off roading. Uh, I I think overlanding is great if it's got its it's got its places. Um, you know, it's not it's not the first idea I have. Most of the time, it's where's the nearest hotel or cabin or something like that. It's probably the higher on my list. But, you know, there's there's times when you're out there, it's kind of cool hanging out around the campfire in the evenings. and I don't have to worry about trying to get back to the hotel or something like that. In Colorado. Uh, yeah, Colorado, it was great. I think if you're going to be going on an extended trip like that, I think it makes a lot of sense. But it's kind of it's got to fit what the goal of the trip is, right? I don't, I don't it's not my first choice. Yeah, so Steve from Chicago. Yeah, it's it, it depends what you want to do, where you want to go. Um, I would love to go do a cross country through similar to what they did in Colorado, where you're just going just all the different destinations, camping along the way. Because 
it's just a lot of fun. It's just a totally different experience. But then there's times I just go for a day and going to wheel and not have to want to do all the prep work for a big trip. So there's a time and place. So my biggest problem with it is a lot of guys going to get themselves in a lot of trouble because they like to put the rooftop tent on it and load out their gear and they take that center of gravity way up high and they don't get it. Um, that's my biggest concern about the overlanding trend. And these people are going to go on those trails and they're like, well, I've got 37s. I can go where that guy's going with 37. <laughs> now with an extra thousand pounds, you know, up on top of your Jeep. So I, I, I think it's great. It's a great thing to do. I mean, they've been doing it for, you know, ever. It just didn't have rooftop tents attached to it. Mm-hmm. Well, not not being a fan of the rooftop tents, Jimmy, I agree with you there. But you got to also admit, Overland has driven a lot of aftermarket products for Jeeps. Yeah, but I think that's where you got to make the separation, right? Because I don't think of overlanding as having like this massive amount of gear. I think of overlanding as just getting out and going on a long trip and kind of camping along the way. So I think if you separate the the gear based overlanders who's got who've got to have the spot, got to have everything else, versus the ones that are taking the minimum to be just comfortable and get the the, the overnight done. Um, both of them are overlanding, but I think the one you're talking about too, like we've got gear-based overlanders that are all about shovels and massive propane tanks and scottles and full kitchens and, so and everything else. This, yeah, this is Larry from St. Louis. So, you know, one, once upon a time, it was called car camping. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, I can car camp out of Hope. Yeah. I'm not going to uh, overland out of Hope, though. This is Tony again from Michigan. Um, I do a lot of what I consider off-roading while camping. So I'll set up a camp, and then I'll use that to off-road from. I think, in my mind, that's different from overlanding. I imagine overlanding more of while you're on the trail, you stop, set up camp for the night, in the morning, you wake up, you pack up, and you continue on to the trail. I I think I prefer off-roading while camping. It's a little more, I guess, a little less risky, in my opinion. You're able to have a base camp where you can have tools or larger tools than you would be able to carry at the trail. So, I think camping while off-roading is much better than overlanding. That that kind of seems like the no brainer of uh, you know what you do. I am taking the jeep off road. I'm not going to stay any place. I'm just going to stay along the way and uh, I'll I'll camp that way. I don't have the expense of uh, of a hotel or anything like that or uh, an Airbnb or whatever. You just uh, you just have a tent. And I was I just thought of something. <clears throat> do you guys think it would be a better idea to carry a collapsible tent instead of having a rooftop tent? I mean, the rooftop tent is certainly cooler. I'm a big fan. Me and my wife are really wanting to get a a small teardrop with a yeah. little bit larger tires. Well, for those that older guys, to be ideal. First, older guys, three in the morning, climbing down to have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, especially when you don't have your contacts in. Man, that's the last thing I need to do is be filling around for these little steps. Well, you just get the make sure the flaps open on both sides, and are actually both things, pants and a tent, and just just go right. Make sure your windows are up on the Jeep, yeah. A a funnel and a hose right out the side. So so everyone here has heard of Ultimate Adventure, right? Yeah. So is Ultimate Adventure overlanding or off-roading? Combination. Uh, Yeah, why do you have to separate them would be my question. Yeah, I I think think they they can go hand-in-hand with that. I think that what separates what we think of as overlanding versus actual overlanding is just the ones that are gear-based overlanders, like I was saying. This I mean, like, yeah. sort of sounds like a gender conversation. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing that differentiates overlanding from just road trips is the fact that you're going off-road through these destinations that you wouldn't normally go. I would say that was the minimum for overlanding. You have to be off-road. You don't. I mean, you, you may be on on-road for parts of it, but I would think the primary purpose would be off-road. Uh, it could be flat surfaces, just not paved. Yep. So this is Bob from Colorado. And I'll invite people to go camping. Like, we'll take the rigs. It's the same thing I'd take overlanding, air quotes. And we'll go up to the mountains for the weekend or for a night even. And we'll go. We might explore a little bit and stuff. 
But when I say I go overlanding, I pick a route and I'm going through Colorado down to Sedona or somewhere or out to Moab and I'm picking as much dirt the entire way as I can. And it's as much about the getting there as it is the camping. For me, that's the difference. Yeah, so I'm that's trying to like what we did in Colorado, right? Because when we went to Colorado, we, you know, after we left Amarillo, we were on dirt a lot. We went to Dono Pass and then, you know, all the way up Stony and, and all that and camped kind of along the way. And it was a really long route and basically camped when we were running out of daylight at the end of the day. And then up the next day, you're not camping in the same place again. So, so John, let me ask you this. If somebody, a staunch overlander, told you that's not overlanding, would it have changed the uh, adventure, the fun that you had in doing that? No, I mean, because that's just a label, right? It's like, you know, not really hung up on that. Uh, Like calling it a rock crawler versus uh, this or that, you know, I just, I like, off-roading to me that i don't i kind of equate it to like sometimes heavy metal music which has the worst fans right you know that's <laughs> not they're like sub-genres and they're very picky about you know what that falls into right or whatever it's like does it really matter i mean if, you, if you're enjoying it you're out there you're having fun then you know so a hardcore overlander can tell me whatever they want to as far as the, the definition is. well but no you I, you. yeah yeah <laughs> exactly I mean, but I'm not saying that you would put up, uh, you would be concerned with what they were saying, but if others out there are going, well, I want to be an overlander, I want to fit into that pigeonhole, I, I think the whole point of this stuff is having fun. Uh, you know, taking your stock Jeep or your high, highly modified Jeep or even one that's highly modified and then trading it in for a, a new Jeep with a 392, it's whatever makes you, uh, whatever makes you enjoy life, right? <laughs> whatever makes you giggle. Yeah, like a little girl. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. I, I, honestly, I, I I like picking at everybody, but I don't really care as long as you're having fun. Yeah, yeah, picking picking's uh, another uh, choice of life. That's a uh, that's a different type of uh, overlanding for me. <laughs> well, very cool, very cool. So uh, then uh, we uh, we can all agree that uh, overlanding's fine. It it just it's not. Uh, what do you think about my theory that I've expressed before, where overlanders are just. Uh, people that uh, don't want to run the risk of damaging their vehicle. So they don't like uh, actually off-roading anymore. They'd rather overland because it's safer. Uh, well, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some so-called overlanders uh, take on some pretty gnarly trails, even with rooftop tents. I mean, you've watched the trail recon videos, mm-hmm. right? With Brad and everything else. I mean, he doesn't shy away from, you know, from pretty technical trails, even when he had his rig fully built out. So, you know, I think that, I think it depends on on their definition themselves, whatever. But I don't I don't necessarily think overlanders shy away from the the really hard stuff. But they do have a they probably have a a goal of making their rig last longer, right? And, and take it to the end of their route because, like Bob was saying, a lot of times they have really long routes planned, so they may bypass an obstacle or something like that just because they have a long way to long way to go. Right. And uh, you mentioned Brad over at Trail Recon. We have a, a interview coming up with him on episode six ninety seven, which is going to be October the twentieth. Look at that—a plug, and I didn't even know it. That's right. Yeah, so we see a lot of uh, old overlanders, if you will, coming up through the Ozarks and everything, and you know, coming out of Arkansas, Missouri area. That they're primarily in trail for the des- designate destination. But uh, they also pick up a fair amount of damage, too, because of the route, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really to each their own. What, like I was saying earlier, whatever makes you happy. So don't worry about the uh, don't worry about, worry about the labels. Don't worry about what people think of you. Go out there and have fun, just like John did and several other on here that went to on that Colorado trip. All right, so here's one that I was thinking about uh, whenever uh, – about Wendy having a Jeep talk show event there in the, the great state of California. Everybody keep the, the laughing to yourself. Uh, do gun laws in other states keep you from wheeling trips to those states? Very well could. I think uh, California being one of them, I kind of, I want to do the Rubicon, but the, the more laws and everything else they've been passing, it's making it harder and harder to, to even think about going out there. Like, 
but it doesn't seem like it would be uh the wheeling would be worth it i mean it's it's kind of like a, you'd want to but i mean if i had the choice then i'd probably be picking moab or, or something like that 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 doesn't put me into into those kind of quandaries but john if nobody has a gun you're you and your family are safe you shouldn't need a gun right yeah those gun free zones work awesome don't they <laughs> I mean, I've never had to use a gun for, for really any reason other than just uh, plinking at targets. But if I'm making a long road trip, uh, it's good to have that uh, protection if you need it. And uh, it, it really concerns me traveling to a state. Were you, uh, were, not that you have a gun, uh, John, we're not asking that, but were uh, the laws in Colorado an issue? They weren't an issue. I mean, I don't know what they were necessarily, but... I can tell you they weren't an issue for me. Colorado's reciprocal. Good. I don't know, uh, but surprising. It was just my bear mace. You just got to go through what the rules are, the reciprocity in the different states. That's all. Just know what you're getting into. Well, yeah, but but the, the, it seems like the safe thing to do would be not take any uh, guns because you, <laughs> you don't want to go on a wheeling trip and wind up a felon in another state. Oh, absolutely. So that's the opposite of the safe thing to do. See, when I have to go back to Illinois, I do the same thing. I stop right in St. Louis <laughs> and, and drive to the state with everything separated so I can drive there. And I just can't carry in that state. So I don't know how, how it's going to work out, but I have heard or seen something on, uh, on YouTube about uh, a... Um, a federal uh, carry license, uh, and uh, the, the Supreme Court is kind of behind this. So, uh, do you think that would, uh, if if you could carry anywhere in the the United States, do you think that would uh, help you make the decision to go to other states that may be a concern? I mean, even if it's not, maybe you just don't want to look up the information, and you know why risk it? It's just I'll just stay where I am, or the state that I'm in, because I know what uh, what's going on here. I'd say by by and large, I'm not a fan of federal kind of interference in there. I still think the, each state should have the right to set it up however they want. Um, but for argument's sake, if it was universal, you know that would make things a lot easier there. But you know, a lot of things would be easier with universal um, rules. That doesn't mean that they're probably the, the right thing to do. No, I understand what you're saying. Let the let the states uh, do things the way they want to do, but. Um, there's some states that don't seem to get it. <laughs> and right now we have the opportunity to move out of those states. And fortunately, they're all moving here. <laughs> here, Tennessee or Florida. I, I saw a thing earlier today and uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Florida for this uh, Hurricane uh, Ian that uh, I think is a Cat 3 now and they expected to get to a Cat 4. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's, it was something along the lines of all you people that are moving here to uh, to Florida from other states, uh, we have a, 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 a welcome gift or something indoctrination for you coming up here in the next few days. <laughs> Get to learn what, what being in Florida is like. Florida, man, you got you to gotta be on at least one or two news articles. Yeah. <laughs> Larry got that at least. <laughs> All right, so do gun laws in other states keep you from wheeling trips there? Anybody else got any uh, any thoughts on this? My biggest thing, this is Tony again. Um, whenever I travel anywhere, I always want to get out, hike the natural trails, stuff like that. I always want to be able to keep protection for animals that yeah. might want to kill me. Yes. So, uh I know my particular state CPL is recognized by 30, 39 other states, which is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. So having that, there's only a handful of states I can't go in. And luckily there's states I don't really want to either. Um, but so I guess it does other than California up in the Northern area of California. Um, other than that, I well, guess you know, not really. It depends on why, why you're carrying it and what your fear is. I mean, worst case, you take the Bill Clinton approach. Don't ask, don't tell. Yep. Yep. That is uh, that is one one thing I was just not going to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I carry a shovel everywhere anyways. <laughs> oh, then it got uh, then it got ugly. 
So, uh, you know, I, I thought about this. I'm thinking of the way I think. Maybe it's a different way. Maybe uh, you're in a state where uh, you don't have to worry about uh, people carrying weapons because it's against the law. <laughs> and, and you feel more uh, comfortable going to places that have similar laws. Uh, maybe you don't like going to Texas because you're concerned that while we're uh, shooting up in the air to signal lane changes that you may be hit. I think I'd rather take my risk in Texas. I don't know how you feel about that. It goes beyond gun laws, though, along that same line of thought. Um, You know, I think there's a lot of states where Jeep modifications become illegal when you cross the street. We should all ask Steve about gun laws. He's up there in Chicago. My my niece posted a picture the other the other week of, of the new signs on the expressways telling people not to make, make on, eye contact with aggressive drivers yeah, as no, the highway sh- sign. Jeez. There's been so many times. I think John touched on the biggest one about crossing state lines. If you talk about state laws and everything, as far as uh, modifications, you know, a, a Jeep, most Jeeps are nothing but one modification after another. Right. Well, it also depends where you go and how they enforce it, okay? Technically, you know, with the state I'm in, which I'm not going to say right now, because we recorded anyway, <laughs> I, my wheels extend past defenders. I've never had a problem with it. I can tell you a story. I got pulled over in Arizona one time. Trooper pulled me over for going six over. He says, you know you're doing 61 and a 55? And I'm like, holy crap. What's I your know, point? Right? <laughs> and he's like, you're the fifth person from Illinois I pulled over today. Well, I came this close. Saying, well, no shit, you're pulling people over for five for six over. I said, you do that in Chicago, you're going to get run off the road. So, it's just so much, like, so much for not saying the state you're from there, right? Just, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say he was in, in that state, he just said but, in mean, Chicago. It, it depends where you go and who pulls you over, and some cops are real dicks. Well, I'm just thinking power trip, and it depends where you're at. Like, like the story Greg was telling when he blew by a trooper in that, in that rat rod, <laughs> right. It yeah. depends, it's the luck of the drop, literally, who 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 you're dealing with that day. But, but like if you go to places I've, like I've heard, like Pennsylvania, I think they're they're really strict on whether or not you can have doors on or off, or you've got uh, states where you may have to put mud flaps on the back of your you know your rig if you have. That's that Utah, right? Utah requires mud flaps, I think. Well, I got to be yeah, honest. I think with there's a couple of them. Like that. I think that is um, that's probably foremost on my mind. Like Larry was saying when we're talking about going to these other states is is whether or not my vehicle will be legal. You know, it's it like the, the hail headlights with the red. I wish that they'd crack down the shit out of that. Yeah. Red facing front is just confuses. It, not me, but you got people at night that it's just, it screws with them when you see red coming at you. People on meth or uh, smoking the, the wacky tobacco and uh, just makes them real nervous. People, <laughs> yeah, but those are illegal everywhere. <laughs> But they you don't, can't put right forward. Them. It's illegal. Yeah, doesn't matter what state you're in. And I think some some states. I think I know you have to have like the covers on the off road lights, right? Uh, on there, yeah. where some of them you don't. Um, you know, there's there's all these little nuanced laws that can get you. Um, well, they have to have a, a revenue generation stream, so they got to have all these little things that are different that nobody even in the state knows about. I got a buddy in Illinois who had an antique vehicle plate on his CJ, and he went wheeling with it. Got pulled over because in the law in Illinois is you can only have the antique plate on when you're at a show displaying the vehicle, right? And because he went off roading and it was all muddy, they wrote him a ticket for it. It was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen or heard of. It was an off road antique show. What? Well, I, I said, <laughs> I said, I said, I said you didn't sell it right. It was a mudslide. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just, I mean. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, and I and I got the feel feeling that the the cops don't particularly care for for. I mean, it's there in case they want to uh, uh, tweak somebody, I guess. But I think for the most part, cops don't want to be messing with these nickel and dime uh, uh, things either. No, if it's one of those things. If you if you're a dick to them and you have an attitude, you're going to get written for it. Whereas they're just also using it for fishing to see what else they can find. Yeah, yeah. You like when you pick your fight with your wife, right? Yeah. going to start. <laughs> like all that stuff they remember from. Yes. That you forgot. You know, that's oh, the cop on the side they, of the road. But they can't remember where they, where, you, uh, where they put your tool because you had it laying out on the table for too long. Yeah, but no way you're not going to put your tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Larry's thinking it. 
We've loosened up Larry. He was uh, very straight-laced when he joined the uh, the Zoom uh, meeting long ago. <laughs> and now back to Jeeps. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I think I think that's uh, the, the Jeep modifications is right up there with the with the gun laws. I think when you're going to be doing those long trips, which kind of ties back to that overlanding, right? There's a lot of weird things sometimes you got to look at. Uh, it, normally, I don't care too much when you're going like to New Mexico or Oklahoma or Arkansas or someplace around here. But I know that if I go too far out west and cross that California border, like there's there's a lot of research before you go that way, just because there's so many things that are are different. And now you don't want to get caught in North Carolina with a squat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you? Um, there's no risk. Uh, reciprocity there's no rules that say if you're from another state and this is legal in your state you know as far as the modifications go you got you know you got a pass in this state for two weeks or you know well, i think I, I think i was hearing uh um bob was talking about the emissions testing on like big rigs and rvs and stuff where they were, they're putting up checkpoints in california to to check your rv for for emissions and stuff like so you know, you got out of state tags um so i don't know if that's how, how extensive that is or whatever but you know there's uh, as time goes on that will drop down to street vehicles it's yeah. written in there as time goes on it'll drop down to street vehicles in california they'll just be able to pull you over like a traffic stop or a checkpoint check your emissions if you're out of out of compliance you get ticketed and yeah, but everybody's worried about california laws but prosecutors don't prosecute anything out there anyway so what does it matter Oh no no no! That's for murder or rape that they yeah. <laughs> that they don't prosecute. If you murder for. somebody, you're good. Or theft. If you run drugs through in the back of your pickup, you're not worried about the drugs in the bed of your pickup. They're worried about whether you are uh, two parts per million over the emissions regulations. Yeah, well, Mike's not in the room today, but you know, Mike lives out in California, and he's talked about some of the, uh, you know, the pull up stops that they put on the roads just to randomly check everybody's emissions or anything. So if you're on, you're, you're on, you're going to get caught. Seriously? Yeah. So instead of doing roadside DUI checks, they're doing roadside emission checks? Well, you can drive drunk as long as it's a Tesla because it's got that auto drive, right? So I think the, <laughs> I think if you have an electric motor under the hood, it, it's uh, free. You get out of any ticket in California pass. They need to, VW needs to sell that bypass that they did so that whenever you get pulled over for emissions in uh, California, you can just flip a switch. Now here's the catch. You can't charge that electric motor. <laughs> so one thing to go back to with the guns and everyone was worried about California. If you go west, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, anywhere, keep in mind that an Indian reservation is sovereign. They are uh, they're their independent entity. They make their own laws. And some of them are extremely strict with concealed carrying gun laws. So if you go into Arizona, the regulations on the reservation are different than the state land. It's still governed by uh, the uh, the Second Amendment, First Amendment, et cetera, though, isn't it? No, no they're reservations. Uh, tribal land, land, no. On tribal land, you follow tribal laws. Yep, and they will get you if they catch you. They will make you pay. Yeah, and they will make an example out of Texas tribal land. That's one thing you never want to do is get pulled over going through tribal land. Ooh. So many jokes, all inappropriate. <laughs> I'll <laughs> let everybody make their own. The event staring went through a couple of reses. Going through Oklahoma, you go through. I know. Go to the turnpikes and stuff on the eastern side of Oklahoma. It seems like you can't really go there without getting on the reservations. It's like a third of the state. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Bill ATX, who's in here with us tonight, uh, did something the other day that uh, caused me to spend money. Uh, he posted up about the uh, KC uh, rock lights. And uh, so I'm on a, a rock light hunt. Of course, I've always I've been thinking about this since the the, the night wheeling we did uh, on the, back on uh, the first part of June for this second uh, Jeep talk show event. So uh, my question is: under vehicle light lighting, rock lights are they useful? Yes. Yes. Rock lights are extremely, 
one of the most important light upgrades you can do to your Jeep for off-roading. To, to modern Jeeps, I would say that. I would say that if you have an older Jeep, maybe your headlights should uh, be a higher focus because they're going be, <laughs> to be used more often than most old Jeeps. Upgrade those damn dim lights, yeah. <laughs> so, well, but, new headlights ain't any better. Well, the LED ones are pretty good. <laughs> Unless you have new LED, otherwise they're, they're just crappy. The LEDs, uh, proper LEDs should be uh, strong enough and have a beam wide enough so that you can signal the International Space Station on flat level ground. So I haven't had an inkling or inclination to rock lights just because in Illinois, there are no places we can go off. We want the closest place is the Badlands in Indiana, and that closes at 6 o'clock at night. So <laughs> it's not been... Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, there's other there's other big uses. Like I mean, I I found myself underneath mine a, a few times, like just in the garage, it needs some extra light. Yeah, it is, so you can see everything underneath there. So if you're doing inspections, you're looking for leaks, you're looking for whatever it is underneath there. Those those rock lights help a lot with just being able to see underneath your vehicle and and all those places. So, so there's a flashlight. Well, yeah, but it's so much nicer not having to have the flashlight in your mouth while you're trying to look at something, you know, because you need See, both I a, hands. And I got a magnetic one that lets you aim it to where you want to look. Well, but you have to but you have to have a metal but you have have to have a metal plate uh, to use that, don't you, Steve? The frame is fine. <laughs> Meant in your head. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so I'm talking about the the KC Cyclone twos or V twos, I think uh, that, that they call it. And uh, you mentioned under hood. Did you guys know they also make a, a two LED light kit, or one in a two, I believe, for under the hood? So you can actually uh, set up those uh, rock lights under the hood. That, I've got would, that. Be, would be good. I've those got that. They're great. They're they're not. I don't think they're so bright where they kill you, kill your uh, your eyes. But they pr- yeah. produce a lot of light under the hood. I, it, actually, going back to Brad at Trail Recon, I recently saw a video. I think he was actually using the original Cyclones, and he installed a, a, a two-light uh, Cylon kit. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, I want to say Cylon. I'm back to Battlestar Galactica. Whatever those lights are with KC. He installed that under the hood, and it really, really lit it up. And But the, the bright light guy in me says, well, you know, you could put two on the firewall and then two on the inner fender and... <laughs> <laughs> and really light that engine bay up. <laughs> What's the advantage of those Cyclone V2s? They're so easy to mount anywhere because they've yeah. got they're the round design with the hole in the middle. And you, I mean, they're they're in, when you add with that that magnet that you can put on the back of that, mm-hmm. very powerful magnets too. Um, the where you can put them is is endless. I saw again going back to to Brad from Trail Recon. If you have a JL on the back of the hardtop, you have those plastic covers on the hinges. He put two amber chase lights back there. And mounted them up, and they were the Cyclone V2. So those, just because they're called rock lights, like you said, you can put them anywhere under the right. hood, inside. You can I put saw that, and I like that one. Yeah, I've seen them put people put them in the uh, in the floorboards because you know you don't have a lot of lighting down there. And it might drop something down there. You can hit that or whatever, and light the floorboard up pretty good. Obviously, maybe you want to use like an amber color so you don't blind yourself, but. Um, and, and not not this isn't a, a commercial for them. I'm just interested because I've been doing some research on these things, and uh, but, uh, I have a couple of them that I'm going to be putting on the uh, the Gladiator. But the cool thing is, is that uh, they have those different lenses, so you can get a clear white lens or a clear lens with for the white lights. But you can uh, change it out for an amber. You can change it out for a red. I, I think there was a blue and a, a couple of other colors. So you can really mix and match. John, was it you that had multiple colors on your uh, on well, on yours? I will, I will. So I started out with the ambers on the outside, just uh-huh. because there's a lot of dust around here, right. and that amber light helps cut down on the glare from the dust. But I really want to add some uh, some of the white ones in the middle underneath the Jeep. That way, you can kind of get a little bit more of a glow, but keep that amber on the outside to kind of help cut down on the glare that you that you get. So you you can mix and match on them. And you can buy the lenses, so if you don't like it, you can kind of fine-tune it. Oh, to, yeah. Uh, the light that you want to see and everything else. Yeah, and they just pop off and pop on, so I don't even think you have to remove the light. Of course, if it's your, if you got them mounted with a magnet, it makes it real easy. Those things are expensive. They are. They're very expensive, but it's KC. Uh, they're, yeah. they're also they're, they're, they're very good quality, I can tell you this. Oh, from, no, I, absolutely. I no, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you you can get cheap or you can get something that's good. So it really depends. I mean, I, I never like the the saying you get what you pay for because I do think you can get better deals on things. 
just because something uh, costs a lot of money doesn't make it good. But uh, as far as I know, uh, Casey is always Casey highlights have, have always been a quality product. And I still blame Mr. Casey sale I was telling you about. Well, I, I saw the KC sale that they were doing, but I could tell you, you actually get, using the Jeep Talk Show discount code on Northridge, you actually get a pretty good discount on the KC products. I yeah, think you it, do. By 10 to 15% off there. Plus, if they're over, what is it, 70 bucks for your total order, you get free shipping as well. So Free shipping. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good deal if you're going to buy KC lights on, on Northridge. Um, that's, that's where I get what? mine. So does she know KC also, also does free shipping? Because I got free shipping on my $66 order. I told Tony to keep an eye on KC Highlight, just the website, because it was, it's been a while, but they also they offered Cyclones with purchase, a free Cyclone, one single free Cyclone with any purchase. Oh, that's how so they get I had you. Multiple, <laughs> I had a multiple orders of a koozie. I bought koozies, and with every koozie, I got a free Cyclone. Oh, that's and that's hard. why... My YJ is covered in KC Cyclones, and I love those lights to death. Um, I've got them under the hood, mm -hmm. rock lights all the way around underneath. Now, this is on, on the, the YJ or the 4xE? The YJ. Yeah. yeah, the YJ. I've got nothing on the 4xE yet. Right. Oh, uh, and uh, I think it was you, John, that you said something about uh, chase lights, that Brad had chase light, amber chase lights on, on his. What, what, is a, what is a chase light? Well, when, you're, when you're going... On uh, a really dusty trail, and you got a lot of people behind you. Sometimes that dust, like we were in Colorado, we got off. I can't remember what trail it was. I think it was Stony Pass. And there's a whole gravel road section where uh, I think the Jeep in front of me was maybe four or five car lengths in front of me, and I could barely make it out. There was just so much dust around there. Mm -hmm. And so when you have those amber lights up a little bit higher on the Jeep, um, then you can see them a lot better, especially in dusty scenarios. So right. That's that's a big use for those chase lights. Interesting. And I would assume the chase lights come in pack or come in bars. It looks like a normal light bar. I've got one on the back of the YJ as well, and it's got white, amber, and then brake. Um, and I've got it wired up so everything works. But you can also set it to strobe the amber, or it's different settings and scenarios you can <laughs> run with those chase lights. But I definitely have one on the back of the YJ. Your dog wants to know who the hell you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's not the new one. That's that's one of the uh, the the, the pre-existing ones, that right? That was that was the new one. That oh, is that Waylon, the, new one? the brand new guy? Yep. <laughs> and he just smelled. I've got food. I just cooked dinner. Oh, that was Pongo behind you. Yeah. This is a new one. He yeah. was running around, <laughs> and he goes to work with me every day. Oh, that's neat. He helps sell jeeps. Very very cool. Is that glass broken? No, the one that you're dipping stuff in. Oh, this is oh, great no, podcasting, I know. <laughs> it looks like it's a uh, Sam Adams little plastic cup. Oh, okay, good. I was put, thinking, you know, once you break in. the glass, you, you're not supposed to use it. <laughs> so anyway, this the Cyclones, uh, what I'm planning on doing with mine is uh, I, I was trying to find a, 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 a real thin uh, LED light that I could put on the sides of the stubby bumper. I got a little uh, area there that's it's covered uh, with something... Uh, in front of it, but not so much that it wouldn't allow s side lighting. And I, if you go off-road, sometimes you like to be able to see not only uh, in front of you, but to the side of you as well. And uh, I thought that when I saw this and I started checking into it, I uh, was talking to Bill on Discord, it was like, well, this, this could be perfect. So I got a couple to put on the, the Gladiator bumper. And now I'm, uh, I'm going <laughs> to go f full Bill and uh, get uh, uh, all of them for the, uh, for the bottom of the Gladiator. Uh, I just think it's a great idea from that one night wheeling trip that we did off road. It just it really makes a lot more sense to me than the bright lights that you have for going forward. I mean, it's different for off road. You need the lights down low uh, so you can see what you're crawling over and your spotter can see. And uh, if you're in an emergency situ emergency situation, maybe you do need the the bright lights forward and reverse and everywhere else. So uh, having a lot of fun uh, getting this stuff and looking forward to finally getting these things installed. They came in uh, later than what I was anticipating. I get, just got them today. And um, so I've been really impressed with it. They, they are expensive, but I've been very impressed with it. And uh, I think that I'm going to, um, I've been trying to figure out, and maybe you guys know, uh, for as far as placement of these things go, I've never understood why people put a rock light in the center top of the front wheel well 
because it doesn't really give you enough light in front of the tire so that you can see the the obstacle clearly or the spotter can see the obstacle clearly. Is that simply just the, the best place that you can put it and, and you, you just can't get the light where you need it? That's just for looks. It's just for looks. I mean, normally what I do is I'll put them on the bumpers and then on the rocker panels. So like two on each side of the bumper, front and back, and then two on the, the rockers, front and rear, and that gives you, will give you plenty of light. But wheel wells on there is just to kind of light up your shocks and your tires, but it's not going to really get any light down on the ground. So. Okay, good. I wasn't missing something then because I saw that and I went, that just doesn't look like it would be very useful. I mean, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're replacing a wheel bearing assembly or something. Yeah. They are great though. Like if you're loading up on a trailer or something like that and it's dark, you, and you got to get under there, crawl under there to put straps on and whatnot. It's really nice to have that light to, you know, when you're working under the, the vehicle. So uh, you say under the bumpers. So you don't put them where you could actually catch them on things, right? I mean, they're not on the bottom, like get, rock no. grabbers. No, you try to get them so that they're not going to, you can get them on the, you know, kind of the, the, higher up parts of the, the bumper mm-hmm. on there far enough back where you're not going to hit them. The nice thing is if you use the magnetic mounts is you can always relocate them, right. you know, just pull it off and, you know, stick it up out of the, the way on there. But uh, I've never had any issues with hitting the, the lights doing that. Was, uh, did you have multiple colors on yours when we were out there in, uh, in Juneville? Uh, I had the Lux lighting before I had the RGB lights. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I never, did the color or the light shows or anything else. I always just ran them as white. So I was like, you were holding back. You could have been all disco out there. <laughs> like the side by sides. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, but, uh, no, I, uh, white's fine on there. So, you know, cyclones are great. Simpler wiring. You don't have to run like four wires to each light. You don't have to deal with a controller and all this other crap. Oh whatever. yeah. Cause the RGB I, nature, you need to have uh, additional control lines, don't you? Yeah. So it's just, Simpler cyclone lights are super easy, and if you want to add color, you got the lenses you can swap out. So you were saying, I think, on the post that you made about that, that uh, these uh, cyclone lights were a lot brighter than the Lux lights. Is that correct? Yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, you know, I I noticed it. I think on on John's, even though he had the amber lens on there, so I, like you, I think I bought one and I just kind of compared it, and I was like, oh wow, that's that's quite a bit brighter, or whatever, and so. And then I was a little leery about the magnetic mounts so of the yeah. Lux lighting. I like that they had the magnetic mounts. I, you know, the size of the cyclones, I'm like, is that magnet really going to hold that giant light on there? But once I got the magnet, that, that, those magnets for the cyclones, it's, it's stout. I mean, it, it grabs and you got to fight to get the light off. So after, you know, playing with the hands on, I have no worries. I went all in and, you know, just, well, you know, bought like the, 12 lights and, and put them all up and down or whatever, but uh, I love it. So I can't wait to get out to Hidden Falls and do some more night wheeling. Oh, yeah. So when you did the, the 12 lights, that's a lot of uh, wires, even though it's less than the Lux lights. Did you go into some sort of bus bar or something, some tie-in point? Because that's a lot of lines to try to twist together. So I built uh, four harnesses, so I kind of split it. Um, so I built kind of a, a harness for the driver's side and the passenger side and i use like these little waterproof two pin connectors Mm -hmm. so one of the things i learned from kind of the first time doing it is i just hardwired everything and then i had a light burn out and i could like go cut the harness so now with the the, you know the the waterproof connectors if a light goes out i can quickly disconnect it grab another one plug it right in and and not have to go you know break the wiring apart or all the the automotive uh, Mm -hmm. tape or whatever but basically just built Custom, custom harnesses that ran to the to the one of the aux switches. So, in the harness, did you use split loom or that uh, automotive tape, or did you do anything with it uh, other than tie wrap it? I used the uh, that automotive um, that black stuff that they use. It's kind of like yeah, tape, not the cloth, cloth tape, tape not, but the stuff that's actually like kind of shining. It it doesn't. You can't tear it. It's like super. Yeah. I got some of that cloth tape, and I was really amazed at how tough that stuff is, but you can still tear it pretty easy. Yeah, I was using that, um, but it didn't, when you start to get mud and, and debris on it, it, it just, the cloth just kind of, the mud gets kind of soaks, soaks into it. Mm-hmm. 
whereas the other stuff you can kind of wipe it. Well, I got a I think either fifty feet or a hundred feet of a quarter inch uh, split loom that I want to use. So, um, planning on doing a, a professional install on mine. I don't have the other lights yet. But I was trying to figure out where to put them. That uh, that stuff is the same stuff you gave me, right, Bill? Yeah, like you buy it on Amazon and you get like five or six rolls or something. I'm like. <laughs> I don't need five or six roll. Here you go, John. <laughs> yeah. I, I used that when I put on my new uh, rear license plate bracket light or whatever and fired all that up. So Yeah, it's really nice, and it kind of has a, a nice factory look to it because it blends in with all the other yeah. wiring harnesses. Yeah. You don't have all these weird colored wires and stuff running through your engine bay and whatnot. So Now, is it, is it different than just PVC electrical tape? Yeah, it's kind of like a a cloth material it's basically it looks exactly like the same tape that's in your jeep if you go look in there and you look at that that tape that's in there this is like an exact match i can post a link in the the discord anybody's interested but i mean it's like a perfect match if mm -hmm. you're if you're you know building harnesses or wiring yeah so the wiring harness that you may see inside your your jeep uh engine compartment that's it looks a lot like that stuff it's it's really nice but i can understand yeah. what you mean as far as getting mud and stuff on it you probably need something a little more robust or at least something that will uh, uh keep the uh the mud and the, the stuff off of it and we've yeah. mentioned discord uh, here several times we have a discord server uh that you can uh, get access to by going over to jeeptalkshow.com contact and and scroll there it's it, it's it's the one place the one place that you need to go to get all these links and uh, we have a lot of fun in the discord sometimes it's it's busy sometimes it's not as busy and uh, you never know what you're going to learn there too and maybe things you don't want to know all right well it sounds like the uh, all right well it sounds like the under uh the rock lights or whatever the lights are that you want whatever you want to call them under the the jeep is a good idea I'm going to be doing it. I was looking at a, a, a Cyclone V2 kit uh, for like 310 bucks that had like, I think, six lights. And I was, uh, there are, they're like $30.99 a piece. And I, I thought to myself, well, how much of that is wiring harness? Because I don't care anything about the wiring harness. I'm going to build my own. Uh, and uh, so I was able to, I think I priced out um, uh, six, uh, six lights because with the two I have, that I was going to get six more. I think that'll cover uh, the the front, the mid, and the, the tail. Uh, I think it was going to cost me 186 bucks, and I think that included a couple of uh, amber lenses because uh, I was going to put those uh, the first two on the the end of the stubby bumper. I'm hoping that having them on the end of the stubby bumper is going to give me enough light in front of the tires that not only will I have side lighting, but I'll also have some some lighting for the uh, for the ground there uh, next to the. Uh, uh, next to the Jeep, uh, hopefully something that'll help me see if I'm off road, and uh, it's it's just a handy to have up more lighting. I didn't get it to, to talk about uh, the legalities of having those lights on while you're driving. I don't, I, I can't find anything that says it's that it's illegal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it was a red color, yes, or a blue, uh, certainly. But even if the amber had, I had amber on the on the front, so I can have some uh, some interesting fun with people on I-10 while I'm driving in uh, early in the morning with uh, in the dark, so to speak. All right, well let's let's uh, let's wrap this thing up uh, as uh, we're hitting that one hour mark. Uh, we could talk here for a longer period of time. I want to thank all the Zoom people for joining us. Uh, got uh, several of the uh, the old crew that are here and a few uh, new faces. We'd like to invite you to come here every week and join us here on the uh, the roundtable episode. We record it uh, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time, and of course you're invited. So um, coming up on our next JTS interview show, Mike Hallmark of HellwigProducts.com. So check that out before you uh, hear the uh, the interview coming up this Thursday. So uh, as I've mentioned a couple of times here, the newsletter, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, just go over there and look for newsletter. You'll see how you can sign up for the newsletter. And of course, it is just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Oh, and uh, next week, we are going to have a guest. We've had a couple of uh, weeks here of just uh, questions uh, amongst the crew, which, uh, we've, uh, which I've been missing, and I think several of you have been missing as well. And uh, but next week we're going to go back to a guest. That's always fun to have uh, have somebody on. You never know who the guest is going to be. And we had a an interview with uh, Carrie Porter of Discover 
uh, 4x4 Adventures uh, not too long ago, and she's going to be joining us next week for a question and answer about uh, what they do there for Discover 4x4 Adventures. So until next week, keep uh, listening, and uh, don't forget, uh, <laughs> we have a new number for our giveaway. So again, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Look for our new number because you don't want to call the wrong number for this next entire giveaway. Podcasting since 2010.